This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Amen. I invite you to grab a Bible and turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And as you're finding your way to Luke chapter 10, I want to ask you a question. Luke chapter 10, grab a copy of the sacred scriptures and find your way to Luke chapter 10. Luke is in the New Testament, right after Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Feel free to use the table of contents if you're new to the Bible. So excited you're here. If you don't have a Bible, the the black Bibles in the chairs are gifts to anybody that wants a Bible. If you have a friend that doesn't have a Bible, take that Bible to them. If you want that as a gift, that's, that's for you. Luke chapter 10. Here's the question. Are you ready for it? If Jesus was coming over for dinner this week, what would you ask mom to cook him? Some of you would be like, mom ain't cooking, dad's cooking. <laughs> we're, not, we're not rolling the dice on that. No, no. What, what is that dish that mom cooks if Jesus was coming over Friday night, what are you asking mom to cook? And would you clean the house yourself or would you have it professionally cleaned? Would you light a candle or be afraid that he, you know, he might not like the aroma? Would you send the dog to the neighbor's? If he, if he called and he said, hey, what are you doing this Friday night? We got nothing. I'm coming to your house. What would you cook? How would you clean it? I mean, I, like for us, I, I think I'd be like, how quickly can we have like laminate floors put in on top of that nasty carpet? <laughs> like, We've got carpet that a professional cleaner can't do anything about. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, we got that kind of carpet, well used. (laughs) We got a couch right now that the dog has claimed as his own. And the conversations this week about that couch have been, I think we just need to get rid of it. We've tried to clean it. I don't think we're getting that smell out of it. If Jesus was coming to your house, what are you fixing him for dinner? Are you cleaning or are you having somebody else clean? Candle? Pets? We're in this sermon series, a short sermon series we're calling Taste and See. And as we read through the sacred scriptures, what we see are these amazing images that the Lord uses to invite us into a rich, real relationship with him. He uses images like taste and see that the Lord is good. He uses these images that appeal to our senses. Taste, see, listen, delight, enjoy, love. And what we see is that when we experience the Lord by tasting and seeing that he's good and enjoying this relationship with him and delighting in him, it propels us toward worship, obedience, and and faith. 
So the goal as we embark on this new year is to, just to remind ourselves the wonder of the invitation that God invites us into to a relationship with him that satisfies our soul. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm titling the sermon this morning, A Dirty House for the Glory of God. And I think you'll see why in Luke chapter 10. Have you found your way there? Look at verse 38. Follow along as I read 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we pray that you'd speak to us through your sacred scriptures, by your Holy Spirit. Speak personally to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you put yourself in this story? Can you imagine, sometimes it's hard to imagine, but can you imagine Jesus coming to, to your house and Okay, can, you, can you enter into this story and try to see who you identify most with? Are you, are you identifying more with Martha running around trying to get the smell out of the couch because what if Jesus sits on it? Or are you just captivated by his presence, sitting at his feet, lingering on, on every word? Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, man, if Jesus is coming over, I'm not even around, like, I'm, I've got other business. I'm not, even, I'm not even coming to dinner at all. I, I, as I think about the North American church, I think, I wonder if there's a more prophetic text that speaks so directly and intimately into our reality. It seems like so many of us have lost our way and even some of us haven't yet discovered our way, but we've allowed others to convince us all the things that we must attempt to do. It's like, we, it's like a well-rounded child has become the goal rather than a devoted disciple. We, we're caught up in all this comparison and we've listened to others shape our priorities. And as a result, we're always looking around comparing to seeing if we're measured up. And what I observe, and you probably see this too, is that people just seem to be busy and overcommitted and overextended and exhausted and spent. Indeed, I find lots of people are anxious and troubled. Anxious and troubled. We, we have little margin in our daily lives for, for other people. We're, we're rarely available to people, and we're not very reliable to others. In our time alone with God, sitting at his feet, listening to his words, talking to him, it's, it's been neglected. For some, intimacy with God has become virtually non-existent occasional for others. But as I read this text this morning and as I hear testimonies from teenagers and moms and dads, I'm hopeful once again that we may, hearing Jesus' invitation, move towards something better. 
I, I'm, as, as, as I read this text this morning and as I look around and as I see teenagers cultivating a passion for God, as I hear people beginning to, to journal prayers, as I hear people reading the scripture, as I, as I hear Jesus' invitation to say there's only one thing essential. My heart is filled with hope that our church actually could move toward the feet of Jesus and get that one thing right. I, my heart is filled with hope that God, by his spirit, could begin to shift something in us, that we wouldn't be a mirror of the world, obsessed with trying to keep up with the Joneses, that our calendars wouldn't be overextended, but that we would have time and margin for one another, but better than that, time at the feet of Jesus. As we look at what, what Martha was doing and what Mary was doing, see if this See, see if this communicates here. Martha was busy, but Mary knew to be still. Martha was frantic, but Mary was at his feet. Martha was distracted, and Mary was listening. Martha was troubled, but Mary was being taught. Martha was judgmental. Lord, do you not see her doing this? Tell her to help me. Martha, in, in Martha's service for Jesus, she had a judgment about the ones that weren't serving. And Mary was content. Martha was trying to be impressive, and Mary was impressed with the King of Kings. In the Lord of Lords. Martha was anxious and Mary was calmed by Jesus. Martha had an agenda and Mary had an appetite for Jesus' teaching. I've been inspired by some ladies. I want to invite them to come to the stage this morning I just, just for a quick interview to, to kind of reinforce this idea. You gals, come on up. Um, so, uh, church, would you just welcome uh, Christy and Rachel and Susan on up to the stage? Come on. None of these ladies, uh, come on up, have a seat. Yep, that'd be great. That'd be great. None of these ladies asked to uh, be on stage this morning. <laughs> would you imagine that? Um, good morning. Good morning. Um, all right. This... Um, Rachel, how do you pronounce your last name? Pradia. Pradia, all right. You can just speak that right into the mic, Pradia. Rachel serves in real-life students, and it's been an ongoing conversation at the Wyatt House. How do you pronounce Rachel's last name? And um, so it's Pradia, is that right? Your husband, John, over here, your precious little baby. Look at that one on the front. I love my goodness. Christy Bailey, good morning. Glad you're here. And my beloved Susan Beth Wyatt, um, thank you gals so much for sharing with us. What, what a, yeah, what did I say? Okay, all right, there we go. You laughing at that? Come on. Um, okay, so uh, Emily Lindsay was going to be sharing with you two this morning, but had sickness in the family and had a, her aunt passed away last night, and so she's not here. But you guys set out to read the Bible in four months. Wow. You ever tried that? You ever tried that? It sounds very intimidating, doesn't it? The Bible's a big book. It's very difficult. Um, and you gals set out to read it. In, how'd that come about? I can't remember what the sermon was about, 
on September 3rd, but something during that sermon made me think I ought to try to read the Bible through for the rest of the year. And so I Googled a four-month Bible reading plan, and something popped up. And if I started on September 4th, I would finish the 120 days of reading on December 31st. So it was kind of like perfect timing. And so I decided that I was going to do that, but I wanted to invite a couple of friends to do it with me. And so I happened to run into Christy and Emily that morning in the lobby and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Think about doing it with me. And by the end of the day, they had agreed. Amazing. Christy, I know you and Susan are friends, but this is like a big invitation. So what were you thinking when Susan asked you, and why did you say, yeah, I'll give that a try? Yeah, so I was pretty hesitant at first. I kind of had that, whoa, that's a big commitment, and I'm not sure that I have the time to, to go that deep. But um, I sat on it that afternoon. I said, give me some time. Let me think about it. And as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, I can do this. I have a lot on my plate right now, but I knew I could do it. And so I said yes. And so doing it with friends is, is an awesome thing because you have that accountability. You can share in it, and you can keep each other, you know, check in and see how everybody's doing. So um, I would say that's an awesome way to do it. Yeah. So you, both of you ladies have full-time jobs. You've got four kids, uh, a high-maintenance husband. Is that fair? <laughs> is that fair? Is that fair? Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> you've got three kids, so you guys are running around a lot, and um, and you've got an awesome low maintenance husband. Um, is that is it? Was that land? Um, so, like, as we read this text this morning about Martha being distracted, troubled, and anxious, um, as I watch your lives, I would think it would be so easy to be distracted. So, as you embarked on reading the Bible in four months, like. Was it challenging? Tell me about the experience. Um, it was very challenging because it took discipline to take the time to read it. Um, but there was so much joy in what I was reading, some, some things for the very first time. And so um, lots of distractions. I did listen to some of it instead of actually read it from the Bible um, for time purposes. But... Um, so that's, that was kind of my experience. What was the biggest difference for you, reading versus listening? Um, reading is less distracting than listening because when I'm listening, I'm doing a hundred other things. I'm not just sitting there listening. Yeah. So I caught more reading than I did listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christy, what did you find most difficult? Um, yeah, the time just just um, etching away that time to do it. And I would agree with you that listening was awesome because sometimes I could fold laundry and do things. And so that was my way to be able to accomplish so much. But I would say I got way more when I read it and looked at the text. Um, and maybe that's just because I'm a visual learner, but it was so much easier to just read it and, and more sunk in. I'm so inspired that you gals attempted this. And I know for some of you, it's still going. You're still pushing through strong to the finish. I think I texted you guys an emoji of Dory that said, keep going, you know, keep swimming, right? Um, what, how has the Lord met you through this experience of seeking to read his word in four months? How has the Lord met you in this experience? Well, there was something that really stood out to me and my saying yes to something that was not 
something I'd planned to do had such a huge ripple effect because I'm a teacher of second graders and I told them about it and they have been keeping me accountable and several of them have come up to me and said, hey, Miss Bailey, I'm reading the Bible too. I'm in Exodus. I'm like, whoa, do your parents know? You know, but um, there's some crazy stories in there. But um, it's been pretty cool to see them and they still do it. The other day they were asking me like, hey, Miss Bailey, where are you at? I'm like, oh, you know, and because I'm still trying to finish to the end. But um, that's been the biggest takeaway I think for me is that my saying yes um, had such a huge impact on these seven and eight year olds. Yeah, wow. How about what, Susan, what was your takeaway from the experience? Well, I just loved discovering that there's not one scenario of life that's not mentioned in the Bible. I was overly surprised. Like, even, even I could share a funny story some other time, but even details like that, I couldn't have imagined that scenario being described in the Bible was there. Yeah. Nothing was left uncovered. Yeah. Why, why, did you, why did you do it? Why, why did you do it? I did it because I felt prompted to do it. And prompted by? Oh, by the Holy Spirit, I guess. Okay. Just like okay. in the Great. sermon, there was, it was like the Lord was speaking to me to do it, and um, it felt like a big commitment. And I'm probably more tend to like jump on something like that and then fall off the wagon a little bit, but I just felt so determined in my heart to accomplish what I felt like I was supposed to accomplish. You crushed it. And yeah. You finished. Yeah, I did finish yeah, it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's a huge feat, isn't it? It's so good. Well, Chrissy, why did you do it? I think I just, I wanted to prove that I could do it. That was one thing, but I did want to dig a little deeper. I've grown up in the church and um, I just wanted to know God's word better. Come yeah. on, so good. Any advice? Any advice for the for the church? Like you guys think about advice, Rachel. I, I watching on Instagram, hearing my students tell me about the shred. What is the shred? What are you doing? So my husband and I have been reading through the whole Bible this month. So we're about at the halfway point now, and it's about two hours a day of reading or listening, forty chapters just beginning to end Genesis to Revelation. Okay, pause right there. Back row. Can you guys hear? Can you guys, did you hear that? Amazing. I heard it. I just want to hear it again. Would you, would you tell us again what you're doing? So we're reading through the Bible from beginning to end just the month of January. We're halfway through. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I, I'm amazed, and I know your applause like isn't like wow, like you're so awesome, you're so like. But I'm in, you're, we're inspired by that. We're inspired that someone wants to know God. We're inspired that someone loves God that wants to spend so much time in God's presence. Um, you you've kind of done the calculations. How long? A day? About it, two hours. About two hours reading God's Word. Now, you've got a full-time job, and you're doing it too, John. You stay-at-home mom? That's two full-time jobs <laughs> on top of one, right? Like, um, has it been difficult? It has in some ways. We made it only halfway last year. We tried, and then it, we got two behinds, and we were like, you know what? I don't think we can catch up. We'll give it another shot. So we're really determined this time no matter how difficult it gets to just keep going. I mean, there's some people here this morning that are going, I didn't even know it was possible to read the whole Bible in a month. Like, 
Are there enough hours in the day? And it's only taking you two hours a day. We both listen. Yeah. We know we were told not to do that last week. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, listen to God's word everywhere you go. Like, listen to it. Put it in your ears. I'm, I'm just saying apply common sense, right? If you're driving, if you're listening, you will be more distracted than if you're in a room with your phone off with the door closed with the Bible open, right? That's just, that's just common sense, yeah. The, the grand point of it is to get the big picture ideas. And so last year I tried reading, but you're not supposed to get caught up in like, oh, this verse is really cool, let's highlight this. You're just kind of skimming and getting big picture. So I figured that listening was better because then I'm not trying to pause and write down things. I'm just letting it soak through. <laughs> I love that because so many people treat the Bible like a good luck charm. Let me find that one verse and let me not even understand it out of context, in context and, and let me ascribe my meaning to it rather than understanding where that verse sits in the full narrative of scripture. So I love that you're taking in like the big picture and when you get the big picture, you see where all those other golden verses fit in the whole narrative. Okay, so you're halfway there. It, you, like you're gonna finish this thing. Like you guys are gonna read the whole Bible in a month. How has God met you in this experience? I think it really shows you how many excuses you make normally for not wanting to spend time reading. And even times where I've done a plan where it's like two chapters a day and it's nighttime and you're like, I don't really feel like I wanna sit here and read all of this. It just shows you that you can listen while you're doing things and absorb it and that it's not actually that difficult to prioritize. And I think it's just really humbled mm. me and showed wow. me all of the things I've said in the past as excuses for not spending so much time. So you just said it's really not that difficult to prioritize. And when a lot of people hear that, they're like, well, actually, I find it really difficult. What advice would you give them? I would just say listen when you can if I mean I have a seven month old and so I don't have very many hours of the day where he's not awake and around and I can't always sit and actually read which is wonderful but if you don't have the margin to sit and read for two hours at least listen while you're driving or while you have that spare time instead of maybe listening podcasts are great music's great but just kind of find wiggle room where you can listen to more scripture has there been a particular book of the bible that's just wowed your heart I have really, as I've gotten older, appreciated more of David's story. And now that I'm married and have a kid, a lot of that just hits a lot deeper. And just realizing how imperfect he was, but that God still used him was really impactful this time. So good. Christy, Susan, any advice? For those that are like, man, I've never read the Bible through. Or, gosh, I feel like Martha. My life is overcrowded, overextended, overcommitted, and I feel like I've neglected my relationship with God. Um, People are are feeling inspired this morning, but do you have any advice, anything practical? I would just say push yourself to try something different. Um, You don't have to do this, you know, big month type goal, but just push yourself to get deeper into the word. And that's basically what I was going to say, like just make a decision to do something that's a little more than what you're doing now. Maybe it's a chapter a day, start there, a verse a day. Just open it. Just determined to do it. It's so good. Sometimes it's fear of not being able to accomplish the goal, right? And it's like, I don't want to make myself vulnerable. I don't want to say that I, you know, that I I failed accomplishing a goal. But, man, when you shoot for the moon, you hit the stars, right? I mean, when when you have a goal to spend time with God and it activates you and you begin to spend more time with him than you would have had you not made the goal, that's a win, Like, that's a win, right? It it just puts you at the feet of Jesus. 
listening to his word. I'm so inspired by you ladies. Um, thank you for sharing your testimony this morning. Church, give it up for their courage to share. So awesome. Wow. Wow. You know, sometimes when we encounter this text of Mary and Martha, sometimes when we hear inspiring stories of people reading the Bible in a month, you know, or four months, we, we have this knee-jerk reaction where we call everyone and we quit everything we're doing, you know, right? It's like my relationship with Jesus has, has struggled it's been neglected. I'm officially resigning from the, the Booster Club president. I can't come to lunch Thursday, and I won't make that appointment next Saturday. And we just, and we just quit everything. Somehow we think that this knee-jerk reaction of quitting everything will ease the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But that's silly, isn't it? We probably need to keep that lunch appointment. We probably need to be the chaperone on the Cub, Sc Cub Scout trip that we committed to. We probably need to, to follow through with, with that thing that we said. The aim of Jesus' rebuke to Martha wasn't so much about what Martha was doing, but what she wasn't doing. Jesus' rebuke to Martha wasn't like, why are you serving the king of kings? You need better priorities. <laughs> Why are you being hospitable for the Lord of lords? You need better priorities. Jesus' rebuke to Martha, wasn't, it wasn't what she was doing. It was how she was doing it. Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. He, he didn't say what you're doing is wrong. He said the way you're doing it is wrong. Just because God wants us to be still doesn't mean he doesn't want us to serve him. Just because God wants us to listen to him and to make time for him and to enjoy his word and his presence daily doesn't mean he doesn't want us to work hard with and for him. If we find ourselves busy and overextended, it, it matters more what we begin to do than it does what we quit doing. It matters more what we begin to do. Philippians 2 is... A perfect picture of this. Look at this scripture text on the screen, and I'll read from the text. The Apostle Paul writes while in prison, and he says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, where do, where do we get encouragement in Christ? Sitting at his feet. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from his love, where, where, do, we, where do we experience comfort from his love? It's spending time in his presence. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, when do we connect most with the Holy Spirit? 
it's when we dedicate time to be still and to be quiet and, and, to, and to listen to him. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy in being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, in one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form, say it with me, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So, so Paul's exhortation wasn't, get busy. Paul's exhortation is, be comforted. Engage with the Holy Spirit. Enjoy his love and let that propel you into serving the King of Kings. So here's the takeaway this morning. You ready for it? Sit first, then serve. Listen first, then leverage your life for the King of Kings. Delight first, then declare his goodness to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to the world. Enjoy first, then execute ministry for his glory. Taste first, then tell of his wonders to those around you. Jesus' rebuke wasn't that she was serving, but how? And she was anxious and troubled. When we sit first and listen first, and delight first. The house often gets cleaned, but we aren't troubled and anxious while doing it. We're satisfied, overjoyed, content, and at peace while we clean the house for Jesus. I know the Spirit of God is speaking to many of you this morning. I know there's something welling up inside of you. I know some of you are you're like, you're, you're wanting to cancel afternoon plans and just break open the Bible and get on your knees and close the door and turn your phone off and tell the kids to leave you alone. Like I know some of you, you're just, you're so ready to delight in God. You so long to, to spend time in his presence. And some of you, you're just overwhelmed by the weight of, I don't know how to sort it all out. I have this desire, but I feel like I've got these obstacles to overcome that I can't, I just can't do it. Pastor, can you help me? Here's one question that if you'll ask on a regular basis, it'll help you have an integrity-filled yes to the things you're doing. Here's, here's one question that if you ask on a regular basis, it'll, it'll bring clarity out of the confusion. It'll help you narrow down all the options It'll help you to know what to commit to and what to leave. And here's the question. Are you ready for it? It's what Jesus said in Luke 10. He said, Mary chose the only thing necessary. If you'll ask that question, is it necessary? Is it necessary? Then what feels chaotic in your life may become clear in what you need to do. And when it becomes clear, then the calm of the Spirit of God. God is a God of order, 
And he wants to order our lives with the right priority. You know, it wasn't until this century that the word priority began to be used in the plural. Did you know that? Like we talk about priorities. Well, that's a modern use of the word. When, when the word priority began to be used, it was only used in the singular priority. And Jesus said, Mary chose the good part that won't be taken from her. There's only one thing necessary. There's only one priority. It's hearing his voice. There's only one priority. It's sitting at his feet. There's only one priority. It's delighting in God because everything else flows out of that. Church, are you so fired up this morning? I'm so fired up because I'm hearing stories just like these ladies shared of how people are listening to the voice of God, about how people are having their lives changed, their priority reordered, their their life adjusted and tweaked and recalibrated. I'm so fired up, church, to see what God's doing in your life. Let's pray together and let's ask him to do it more and more. Father, we open our hearts to you. And we thank you, Lord, for loving us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for going to the cross to to remove our sin that separated us from you so that we could sit at your feet and enjoy you. We thank you for your resurrection from the dead. We thank you for sending your Holy Spirit so that now our spirit cries out, Abba, Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in a relationship with you. And we pray in 2024 we would be closer to you than we've ever been, that we would hear your voice more clearly than we've ever heard, that we would have a greater desire for your presence than we've had in many, many days. So speak, oh Lord, to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Church, let's stand to our feet. Let's sing out. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.